Can you set the stage a little bit so people understand what happened? In 1969, 14 black student athletes were kicked off their university's American football team for planning a show of support against racism. We were really protesting our treatment on the field. Amazing Sports Stories from the BBC World Service tells their story. We became brothers that day when you did that to us. We made a change. Fighting for what we deserve. Search for Amazing Sports Stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts. This is A Word, a podcast from Slate. I'm your host, Jason Johnson. Democrats won the White House and the Senate in 2020, but the party suffered a string of disappointments and near misses in the Deep South. Democrat Chris Jones believes he can change that and win the Arkansas governor's mansion. Look, if you grew up in Arkansas like I did and your family was here for 200 years um, and you love the state as much as I do, then you'd say that there's no other place to be but here. A rising political star hoping to shake up the Republican South coming up on A Word with me, Jason Johnson. Stay with us. This is A Word, a podcast from Slate. I'm your host, Jason Johnson. For decades, the Republican Party has had a virtual lock on America's southern states. And GOP leaders at the state and federal level have done everything they can to keep that advantage, from gerrymandering to restricting voting rights to just suppressing everybody they can. But Democratic victories in the Georgia Senate races have sparked hope that more of these states can be competitive. And that's inspired a new generation of Southern Democrats to step into the ring. Among them is Chris Jones. He's a physicist and a religious leader. And now he's a candidate for the Arkansas governorship, jumping into the race with a viral video. Taking Arkansas into the future requires improving education opportunities from cradle to career, enhancing infrastructure from bridges to rural broadband, and making available every tool our Kansans need to build businesses and healthy families. It's about living up to our potential. It's about living out our values. It's about working hard together. And my fellow Arkansans, it's about time. And Chris Jones joins us now. Welcome to A Word. Glad to be here, Dr. Johnson. Chris, you have a PhD from MIT. You're a scientist. You're a church leader. You're a, a, a teacher. You seem to have a very spiritually and intellectually and financially fulfilling life. Why on earth do you want to get into politics now? Like, what drove you? Did you wake up one morning and see one too many potholes? Did one of your kids come home from school and say they're attacking me with critical race theory? Like, what what drove you to get into politics at this particular point? So I'm going to take you back, Jason. Um, And I'll I'll take you back to the spark. Uh, The spark happened when I was eight years old. My dad brought me up from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, to Little Rock, Arkansas, and we went to the mall. And I had an interaction. Met a guy, shook his hand, seemed phenomenal, talked with a lot of folks. And I asked my dad, well, who is that? Uh, because he seems like a very impressive guy. And my dad said, that's Bill Clinton. And I was like, oh, okay, so who is he? And my dad said, he's a governor. And I said, what does the governor do? And we went home, looked at Encyclopedia Britannica, and we didn't have the whole set. But um, we looked it up, and I found out what the what governor did. And I said, you know what? That's how I want to serve. So that was the spark. The spark fanned over the years. And when I moved back home to Arkansas, uh, I was always coming back home to raise my family here. And I have three girls and to serve. Uh, And what happened about three years ago was I was looking at the, the trajectory of Arkansas and said, you know what? Given the challenges we face and the future that I want to help create for my daughters, 
it was time for me to jump in the ring. I'm blessed. I'm blessed with experiences, with connections and resources. And I wanted to bring all of that to the place that has been my home uh, for all these years. What do you see as the top issues facing Arkansas? And, you know, what solutions do you have that haven't already been tried? Because a lot of times when people run, They'll say, oh, well, we got to do something about education. We got to do something about the the water on the coast. We got to do this, that. But in many instances, politicians have tried plans before. They haven't been successful. So what are the problems that you see and what are you offering that Arkansas citizens haven't seen before? The problems uh, are pretty well laid out, the challenges. And they're they're in education. We aren't reading at grade level. About two-thirds of our kids aren't. They're in healthcare. They're in infrastructure. We don't have rural broadband. Uh, in 25% of our, our population. The bridges are breaking down. So they're, they're, those, those are sort of your bread and butter common challenges that we all see. Uh, the, the difference, I would argue that solutions actually have not been tried. Uh, and, and there are a number of solutions out there that have not been tried. What makes us different? What makes me different? Uh, and I cannot hear out of my right ear. I've never been able to hear out of my right ear. So that's caused me to have to lean into listening uh, and, and, and build that muscle. So I think what makes us different is that we're going to listen. Um, yes, I have a, ba- a background in policy. I'm a master's in policy. I have a master's in nuclear engineering, a bachelor's in physics and math, a PhD in urban planning, done community development, run businesses. But at, at the beginning of every engagement that I have, and I learned this both through science as a researcher, but also through faith in the church, is that it's important to start with listening. The, so- the solutions are actually on the ground in communities across the state, and they have not been listened to. That's where we're starting. I have to follow this up because that was a that was a perfect politician and that girl was me kind of moment to say that you met Bill Clinton when you were when you were eight years old. Now that you've launched this campaign for Arkansas governor, I mean, there, there haven't been that many Democratic governors. Have you reached out to associates uh, from from Clinton, from Hillary Clinton, from Bill Clinton? You know, do you plan on bringing them in at any point or, you know, is that no longer a name that rings out in the streets in Arkansas? So, you know, Jason, um, let me first start by saying Arkansas has actually elected Democrat and Republican governors in isolation. So our last governor was Democrat, the one before that Republican, the one before that Democrat. So we've gone back and forth. So we've, we have elected a Democratic governor recently. Uh, and in fact, also our entire delegation to the, to the U.S. Uh, was Democrat before 2010. So what, what, what I would say, you know, as I, as I think about this and your question is that we are really like the Avengers coming together. And we, we need everyone. So absolutely, I've reached out to Bill Clinton's folks. I've reached out to Mike Beebe's folks, who was the former governor. I've reached out to, I mean, you name it, in-state and out-of-state. And people are beginning to come on board and beginning to help. Uh, and when the time is right, look, we'll take everyone's. We're going to take a short break. We come back more on the governor's race in Arkansas. This is A Word with Jason Johnson. Stay tuned. Did you know you could be listening to this show ad-free? All it takes is a Slate Plus membership. It's just $1 for the first month, and it helps support our show. Plus, it lets you hear all Slate podcasts without ads and read unlimited articles on the Slate site without ever hitting a paywall. So sign up now for Slate Plus at slate.com slash a word plus. That's slate.com slash a word plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. 
For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. You're listening to A Word with Jason Johnson. Today we're talking with rising Democratic star and Arkansas gubernatorial candidate Chris Jones. One of the lessons, right or wrong, that a lot of Democratic voters took from President Biden's victory is that the only way to win enough white Republicans is to run an old white guy, basically. Now, you're in a very white, very Republican state, even if they have oscillated with Democratic and Republican governors. Just objectively, what makes you think you can win? I would say that Arkansas is a non-voting state with 50th in voter registration and 50th in voter turnout. And when you look at the counties, we have 75 counties, 3 million people. Um, there are 28 counties that we, we characterize as the black belt counties. They have 25% of population of uh, black population or higher. Now, I'll tell you, in Arkansas, we're about 16% African-American population, black population, about 5% Hispanic. So you take those 28 counties, they accounted for almost 300,000 people that could have voted but didn't in 2020. 300,000 people. So we're talking about going into communities across the, the state, not just black communities, but white communities as well, and firing up folks and getting them engaged in a process and making sure they turn out the vote and protecting that vote once it happens. On this program and on national television and pretty much anywhere where anybody's paying attention, everybody is talking about voting rights and in particular, the stalled efforts for national Democrats to pass legislation to protect voting rights. How does voter suppression specifically affect voters in Arkansas? What kinds of structural institutional challenges do Arkansas voters face that may come into play next year? So, we, you know, we face some of the similar structural institutional challenges that other states like Georgia face. Uh, and that includes the distance that folks have to travel to get to their polling locations. Um, that includes the, the requirements of uh, ID matching and signature matching for absentee voting. Uh, that includes a, they reduced the number of days and hours that you have before you can vote. Uh, so so there, are, there are a number of issues that are at play, uh, just like every state across the country, and particularly southern states, have had legislators that have tried to restrict the vote. So when we talk about voter registration, because Arkansas is 50th in voter registration and 50th in voter turnout, we're a non-voting state. We're not a red state. Um, so when we talk about that, we're talking about voter registration voter engagement, voter turnout, and vote protection. So we, we are lining up to do all four of those because it's not enough to just get people registered and turn them out. You have to make sure that their vote actually counts. Fantasy scenario. I wave a magic wand and you're having a sit down 
with President Biden and Vice President Harris. And look, we can throw in Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and, and maybe Kristen Sinema walks in the wrong door. She's in the meeting. Joe Manchin. What is the message that you would deliver if you could have that group assembled in front of you about voting rights? Yeah, so it's really a two-part message. One is to reemphasize, because they know it, but to reemphasize that every person everywhere deserves to have their vote protected. Because often we think about the cities, we think about the larger states, we think about the swing states, and places like Arkansas get left out. Rural areas get left out. And so every person everywhere uh, deserves to have their vote protected. The other, the other piece is that, that we don't have to uh, accept the old techniques in order to protect the vote now, right? So what, what do I mean by that? Some of the things that we saw uh, in the last election, particularly in Georgia, is that people were using social media uh, in, a, in ways that were pretty innovative to say, here's what's going on, here's what's happening. So I would encourage them to invest in infrastructure that would allow folks to use both old school, picking up the phone and calling, you know, going through churches, and new school technology, uh, SMS, uh, and so on and so forth, to make sure that we're aware of what's going on in real time, because you can find out what's happening in real time, uh, and that there's a infrastructure for a response, particularly in places like Arkansas that haven't had the resources that are there before. We're going to take a short break. We come back more on the governor's race in Arkansas. This is a word with Jason Johnson. Stay tuned. Can you set the stage a little bit so people understand what happened? In 1969, 14 black student athletes were kicked off their university's American football team for planning a show of support against racism. We were really protesting our treatment on the field. Amazing Sports Stories from the BBC World Service tells their story. We became brothers that day when you did that to us. We made a change. Fighting for what we deserve. Search for Amazing Sports Stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts. You're listening to A Word with Jason Johnson. Today, we're talking with Chris Jones. He's a Democrat running for governor in Arkansas. Generations of black Americans have been voting for Democrats at all levels of government. And in 2021, we're back to literally fighting for the right to vote. Are you hearing despair or even like anger from black voters in your state who are wondering if it's worth it? Because it's one thing to have a Democratic governor. It's one thing to probably get part of your delegation to Congress to be Democrats. But a black governor in a deep red state, that might be something that people think is too far to dream for. Are you are you running into that? kind of skepticism and, and apprehension when you talk to voters? Jason, surprisingly, no. Um, and I, I think there are a couple of different dynamics that are at play. One uh, is because I haven't been in the, in, in the, in the quote-unquote system. So, you know, we, we came in as new entrants to the system. And we came in with some authenticity. Um, my background is varied, and so it's confusing people a little bit. I'm both a minister and a physicist. Uh, and, and I've, I've run businesses and I have a policy background. And so I think that's, that's throwing folks off a little bit enough to ask the question, is this possible? What's possible? What can I believe? Um, you know, and, and then I think the, the, the sort of the other reason why is because people are hungry. People are hungry for something different. Um, people are, are frustrated 
And Arkansans realize that we deserve better. And, and I've been going across the state and folks are saying, you know what? We've tried the old way. We've tried such and such and so on and so forth. And we deserve better. And the last thing I'll say on this is that for us, this year, we have 135 state legislative seats. All 135 are up for re-election. All of them. Because of redistricting. So what we're, so, so part one of our, our process is encourage strong people to step up and show up and run for those offices. And I think the way we enter the race uh, has become sort of a clarion call and people are starting to step up. Part two is to not only fight for my race, for the governor's seat, but up and down the ballot. So all the way down the ticket to local races, we're fighting for everyone and supporting everyone across the state. Because this isn't just about Chris Jones or the governor's seat. It's about all of us. Uh, that To me, we have to focus on those steps first because we can expand the electorate and change the dynamics of the, on the board. That That's the focus. And then once we figure out the dynamics on the board, then we'll have a game for what, whatever pieces are, are there. You're a family man. You're a self-described girl dad. But I, I think there's something to be said for the unique challenges that in particular black politicians face when they run for higher office, you know, on the best end, maybe you get invited to the BET awards, you know, on the worst end, maybe there's, you know, threats and challenges to your family. What kind of conversations have you had with your wife and with your daughters about what the next year, year and a half of scrutiny are going to be like? What have those conversations been like within the family? Cause I know you, you couldn't have run if you hadn't talked to your family. So obviously they're on board, but what have you told them about the kind of scrutiny they're going to face and how you guys will deal with it? Yeah. So, you know, we're all entering this um, new. We, we don't have any, any direct experience. What I will tell you is that um, my wife's a rock star, you know, hands down. And if, if you met her uh, and when you do meet her, you'll say you don't ever want to have me on the podcast anymore. You want her. <laughs> um, and, 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 I, and I mean that sincerely. Like She's helped Arkansas with – she's been helping with the COVID response. She served in Afghanistan. She was at the finish line of the Boston Marathon bombing, working as an ER doc. She's wow. run EMS systems. Yeah. She was, she was at, at the hospital in Baltimore the night of the Freddie Gray riots, working. She's a Howard Bison, uh, and, and she's a Harvard med grad. So, look, I say, I say that to say uh, she and I both are not afraid of challenges. And, and she knew when we met and got serious um, and we were in love, I said, look, you know, this is great. We're having a blast. You know, I love you. You love me, I think. And um, one thing that you have to know, I'm going to move back to Arkansas and I'm going to run for governor. So if you're not on board with that, then let's be friends. Uh, and she was on board with it. Uh, we, we thought about it. So we, we've, been, we've been thinking about this for a while. Now, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know who holds my future. So, so as long as we stay true to who God created us to be and we stay prayerful every day, We'll be fine. We're protected. Uh, things will happen. It'll be scary. It'll, it, but not doing it is more scary than, than, than what we would face. Why? Because there's so many kids who are losing out. The kids going hungry. The people that are homeless. The folks that, that, that can't afford prescription drugs. There are real challenges and issues that are far greater and more challenging than anything that we would face. So we're willing to do the hard stuff to make somebody's life better. I got to close with this because this, I, I think, is key. What we have been seeing, and there's two paths to this. 
the last several years, we've seen governorships be springboards to even higher office. Um, but even people who haven't been successful end up getting amazing opportunities. Even running puts you on the radar for national kind of positions. If you were to become governor of Arkansas, could you see yourself spending the rest of your career in that state? Or would you imagine yourself following in the footprints of that guy who you met when you were eight years old at the mall? <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that question, man. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What I, what I do know is that, um, that I am at peace and at home here and I want to get everything I have to make my state better, to put us from the bottom five to the top five so that kids growing up will experience the greatness of Arkansas that I experienced. Um, so so that, that's what I know. And that's what I'm committed to. Uh, and honestly, I, I genuinely do not know what happens after that. And part of it is that I'm not concerned about what happens after that. Like I'm, I'm good. You know, my, my life has been phenomenal. I've had my challenges, but I'm blessed. Um, I have a great career. Like you said, I could be anywhere uh, in the world. We've traveled the world. But I want to be here. Um, and so when I look back at my life and the, the moments and the times when I have felt most in the flow, most like I was doing what God called me to do and serving in the best way and living up to my gifts was when I focused on where I was in that moment uh, and what I was called to do in that moment. So that, that's where I am. And that's not a political answer. That's just an honest answer. Chris Jones is a Democratic candidate for governor in Arkansas. Thank you so much for joining us on A Word. Thanks so much. It was great being here. And that's A Word for this week. The show's email is a word at slate.com. This episode was produced by Ayana Angel and Jasmine Ellis. Asha Salusha is the managing producer of podcasts at Slate. Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director for audio. Alicia Montgomery is the executive producer of podcasts at Slate. June Thomas is senior managing producer of the Slate Podcast Network. Our theme music was produced by Don Will. I'm Jason Johnson. Tune in next week for a word. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C., on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. 
but there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.